This is Maurice Philogene, and welcome to the Try Life Farm podcast. Well, you may not believe it, but I've been an actor. I've tried out for the NFL, been a street cop, federal agent. I worked my way up the military chain of command to the rank of lieutenant colonel. I was also an executive at a global consulting firm, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate in the United States. I've started developing on a Mediterranean island and to boot. I've traveled to 100 countries over 300 times and generally all this stuff at the same time. No, I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to do everything. What I was trying to do, and I'm still trying to do, is to try life on, to plug into planet and earth as intended, and to fill my life book with experiences and relationships, and not just accept the status quo. So what we're gonna do on this podcast is introduce you to the mindset, the skill set, the soul set, the approach that is Try Life On, and expose you to the people who've been doing it just like me, their tools, their tips, their tactics to trying life on, because we all can try life on in our own way. So sit back, relax, let's go for a ride. Let's go try life on. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, in Try Life On land. This is your host, Maurice Philogene of the Try Life On podcast. Welcome to another amazing episode. Today, I got my man, Matt Doan on. Matt is a very interesting cat. Just like me, he is of similar mindset to you, of course, those of you out there who are trying to get time freedom, financial freedom, have a little bit of geographic or mobility so you can see the world. Matt kind of figured this out. And he had a journey through corporate by which he struggled, found himself caged inside the four walls of cubicle land, as many of us do who've been through that process. At the same time, was struggling on the personal side with his family and found a way to, quote unquote, uncage himself. And he's doing that with other people now, helping them do exactly the same. So from his perspective, many people are trapped in the corporate cage. It's a dangerous position where work dominates their work days and their work lives. We know that, but it really doesn't have to be that way. And you know that I subscribe to it. One of the reasons I brought Matt on is because when I was exploring the Tri Life On movement, if you will, he and I were of very similar mindsets to how life should be, and more so how life should feel. And I want you to pick that up in the interview. The emotion that you get when you finally uncage yourself from all the societal rules and what we are supposed to do and the way we are supposed to, supposed to act, the way we are supposed to get dressed, you uncage, you see yourself out in the world, you are plugging into planet and life as intended, and an emotion develops underneath your skin and for life on a day-to-day -day where your passion is truly coming through for what you want, what you believe, and for your family. And that's what's so powerful about him. He is helping people have the same experience that he's had. So sit back, listen. I want to introduce you to my brother, Matt Doan. He is a great, great, great example of the art of the possible when it comes to trying life on. So come on, let's go try life on with Matt Doan. Thanks for coming. Glad to be here. I'm glad you, I, I, <laughs> it finally took a year, but here you are with your podcast, you know? I know. Yeah, I've, I've been told. Not, I've, but, I've been told, but you know the, you know the funny thing? I, mm. I did it right because I didn't want to just like, find non Matt Dones and just put them on there just to put them on there. There's a particular type of thing I'm trying to do, which is get information out there of how people can live life their way, 
not follow the status quo, et cetera. And like, you can, you can just go down the rabbit hole of like, let's have a conversation with Dave Ramsey and let's go talk to this guy. And no, no, no. I need to talk to you, brother. So welcome. Welcome. You see, I just, I just do yeah, conversation man. style, man. Yeah, so man. I just go right to it's, it, bro. It's, it's way better, but you know, you've done a logical build of stuff, right? I see you experimenting out there because there's all the strategies out there. Like you got to go build your course. Then you got to get the newsletter immediately. Then you got to do all these things. I fell victim to that stuff, trying to do all this shit all at once at the beginning. And it was overwhelming. Yeah. And in, about midway through last year, I had to do a hard reset. I'm like, okay. Where am I aiming? How am I accessing people? How am I changing lives? How am I making income? And I found a smoother, far less cumbersome strategy because if you're not careful, you look all over LinkedIn and God, like I love Justin Welsh, but if you follow his model exactly, that, 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 that means you need a massive audience like to be successful there. I'm like, I love his stuff, but I'm not going to sell $1.3 million worth of online courses like you like that because you caught a certain window of time. And it's really hard now that everyone's a creator everyone's to now doing adopt everything. that model, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I've I've gotten to the point where I'm actually not even using LinkedIn directly to, to acquire clients anymore. I'm using it more as a way to test ideas. So now oh, yeah, see, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm using everything. I, I joined a coaching program, a really high-end one last year. So I'm actually using of all things, I'm using Facebook. I'm using ad-based funnels at this point now. So people come to me inbound like clockwork pre-filtered without me doing any legwork. We got to talk about that. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it, it is interesting. And I, and you have picked up on something and I'll, and I'll, I'll ground the conversation. So everybody knows where I'm coming from with you, but I did start using LinkedIn as kind of like a test bed to see how I could truly help people and how it would get across to them and not just, let me just use this model that I see out there or whatever. Cause you know, I'm doing real estate stuff. So I'm making money that way. So it wasn't a money thing as much as it's how can this message be amplified thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have resonated, but it's okay. It's okay. But I appreciate that. Care. I found you early in the process and for the sake of the people who are now listening, cause I just went into convo mode with my boy. This is my guy, Matt Doan. And we ran into each other on LinkedIn, social media, Maybe like a year ago, brother, I think something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had just started talking about trying life on without even knowing what the phrase was, but lifestyle design, the fact that I had this 20, 25 year journey of W2 world, but I was never beholden to it. I was leveraging it more than it was leveraging me and doing all those experiences worldwide, et cetera. And then when I was kicking around on LinkedIn one day, I was just checking out posts and stuff. And I found Matt and Matt was coming at it with the same purpose driven execution, but just from a different perspective. And I, and I respected that. And from my perspective, what you were telling people is like, stop that unplug uncage yourself. You don't have to, we all graduated from college and, and formal education with a certain set of rules. And we were told that those rules were the only way to go about life. And what Matt got across to me was, nah, man, you can uncage yourself. Now I, I had that sense already, but you were the first person I ran into who had kind of formal formalized a thought process around it to try and get it across to a mass amount of people. And I respected that so much, man. And that's why I wanted to get you on this thing because you have a story that needs to be told and a perspective that should be shared. 
And now that I have a bit of an audience and a following, I thought it no better time than to introduce folks to one of the people who helped me understand that it was important to formalize the message. So Matt, welcome to the Tri Life Farm podcast. Amazing, Mo. Love being here with you, brother. I love it. I love. It. So tell tell us tell tell folks a little bit about yourself, man, and we can get into being uncaged and all that. But there there is a background to you. So what's that story? That background. So I grew up very conservative, religious household, um, unremarkable, and had these ideas that the safe life is the good life, right? So from an early age, get into the good schools, work your ass off to get into those schools sometimes, even trying three times to get into the schools you want because that's where the promised land is. So ended up down this path, out of college, jumped down the management consulting track. I found myself there for 15 years in total. But the way this unfolds is, you know, as a male, getting out of school in the mid 2000s it was you know find your identity your worth in work that's what was programmed into my head that's what i saw people around me doing i also got married very early had kids very early three by the time i was 28. so i had a big family to provide for and that even further solidified me going all in on work because I knew that's where I had value to my family. And then people around me in the work environment were pushing hard, pushing hard. And like, this just makes sense. Just go all out. So I was traveling mm-hmm. the world, doing the consulting thing, taking all sorts of pride in it while going to grad school, while trying to raise a family, trying to do everything. And people would say, Matt, you are living the American dream. You are not only doing that, you're more mature and a fast mover than everyone else. Look at all the things you've accomplished. You're not even 30 yet. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, yeah, I feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And then stuff got rough. Then the marriage (laughs) got problematic then ended up getting divorced before i knew it i was only able to see my kids once every two weeks Mm. because of the relationship agreement how we had to leave that marriage ended (sighs) my health went downhill i lost my mental health i was in therapy for two years i dropped a bunch of body weight and i was just left within about a 12 month period my dad died like all these things happened and I was just crushed on the floor, a shell of my former self. I had been climbing this ladder and feeling on top of the world. And then all these things in my life just collapsed. And of course, there's a lot of factors into it. Work was a major, major factor. It wasn't the only one, but work was a huge factor for me. And when I looked at what had happened, what had transpired is that I have language for this now, Mo, is that I'd let myself be caged by the corporate world, literally right. trapped in that. Right. You could use the matrix analogy too, but I felt caged in the sense that I was locked in there. I was like an animal just trying to do its thing. I should have been a lion running the free range, but I was trapped in this cage, just doing everything within there. And then everything on the outside world just fell apart for me. Mm. So wow. that's one piece. I'll pause there. But you didn't, you didn't feel it while it was happening. Like you were kind of following the status quo standard, status quo standard process, the whole nine. hundred percent. It felt good, felt right. You know, I was doing all the traditional things between reaching for promotions, compensation, networking with people, going to all the events, getting speaking gigs, 
um, investing properly, like in 401ks. That's another tangent. I know yep. you and I could go yeah. down, <laughs> up, but, but I mean, doing all the yeah. things yep. you're told to do and you just feel right doing them until one day, I think one of two things happen in your life. You hit a major crisis, like you get really sick or you have a, a series of things happen, like happened to me and you're just left with this more slow boil effect of what, what did I get myself into? You feel completely different about where you've been. And you're asking what is possible next at this point? I am in a deep, dark hole right now. How did I end up here? Mm-hmm. What year is that, Matt? So give, give like time frame just so we can orient the people who are listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I started out of school in 2006 and then about, Eight years into that is when things blew up for me, when got divorced and my health fell apart. So that was eight years of hard charging there. And I went through about a two-year rebuilding phase of trying to get my life back together to figure out what I wanted to do and how to be a good dad and all that stuff. All right, man. So you 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 punch out of school in 2006. It's kind of an eight-year run in the work world. Not that it stopped. But things started to get a little bit tricky at home. And you mentioned something about two years of recovery. From there, how did things progress? Yeah. So out on my own, I had to keep providing for my family, large family at that point right now. Also had to rebuild my health and figure out what I wanted out of life. And I couldn't just leave the corporate world. It was providing a good living. Consulting is lucrative. And I didn't know another path out anyway. So I was like, how do I make this work for me? So my task at that point, Mo, was essentially how do I make corporate work on my terms versus it just happened to me? That's what was happening before. I was saying yes to everything and it was dominating my life. So instead, I got very intentional on showing up in different ways. For example, I remember this very clearly when I was averaging 11 hour days, I, I kid you not, 11 hour days, my task was how do I shrink this down to six hour days? That's yeah. how I said it. It was a design challenge I put for myself. So yeah. then I started looking across my week. How can I shrink this? What am I saying yes to that I should not be saying yes to? How can I get things off my calendar? Where do things like self-care, being there for my kids, and just generally being able to breathe, other things like that? Where does that show up? So I started running different experiments, reclaiming time, finding opportunities to read more to start building relationships with people outside of the consulting world. Mm -hmm. So even started investing in things like masterminds with entrepreneurs. I was like, I had no idea what an entrepreneur even was, but those people fascinated with me. They fascinated me. So I spent time immersing myself with them, paying to go do that, learning from them and just seeing what life could look like. So that was kind of reinventing a view in my head, what the path could look like getting off the default path, potentially imagine one of my own. What's the, you, you hit on, you hit on something that's really important. You said that you started experimenting. A lot of people wouldn't even understand the notion to do that. What, what do you mean by that when you started quote unquote experimenting? So like I had this idea hypothesis that I could take 11 hour days and shrink them to six hour days. So I ran experiments on how do I remove things off my calendar? How do I have the right conversations with management, for example, or not have certain conversations and just not opt into things anymore. And then saying over a few months, I was able to shrink my calendar down to six hour days. And I made that. It got there. Yes, it got there in, in about 18 months. And I kept that for the rest of my corporate life, which was another seven years. 
Nice, brother. When you say shrink it down to an eight hour or a six hour day, for me, I was kind of doing that in a way, but I think I was more utilizing the whole Pareto's philosophy. 20% will give you 80% of the result. But I certainly was not going to shit like, um, I didn't really go to networking events. I didn't go to, it's not that the networking events were bad either. It's just that I had other shit to do. I just wasn't really into any of that stuff. Or like at my company, we had employee resource groups, which were very valuable, but it wasn't very valuable to my own journey. So I just didn't go. Is that what you mean? That you were just not doing the extracurricular stuff? Or was there more day-to-day stuff that you weren't or that you pivoted away from? So I was certainly opting out of the extra stuff, not doing that, or just not opting into it, I'd say. But I was getting rid of opting out of things that other people were doing. Like they have these daily stand-up meetings that would show up often with no agenda with 15 other people. And while it may be 15 minutes, you're actually thinking about it 30 minutes ahead of time. And maybe you go through the 15 minutes and then you're pissed off for the next 45 minutes that you even spent your time on that meeting to begin with. So what do you lose? Close to 90 minutes? You're losing this huge block of time, often first thing in in the morning when you're most creative, when you have the best potential for doing whatever work means most to you. Sometimes it was doing good corporate work, heads down, building slides. And I lost that time period. So I'm fitting it in at 8.30 at night when I should be with my kids or taking care of myself, not fitting in more slides till midnight. That sort of thing didn't make sense to me anymore. So when I started seeing it as as a design challenge and removing those obstacles, negotiating better processes, for example, hey, management, why do we have this 15 minute meeting every day? Couldn't we turn it into an email or a once a week thing, or maybe in the afternoon where it's not gonna stress people out at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. And you Mm -hmm. start to make everyone's life better, not just yours. Everyone's thinking and feeling these pains, but few people actually speak up and do something about them. Well, they're worried about, and I'm curious if you were worried about, but my experience in corporate and even in government, being in the military, people were worried about what their peers would think about them or say about them if they did anything contrary to the normal societal path. Did you run into that? Were you worried about that as you were starting to kind of reclaim time and leave the bullshit alone? (laughs) Yeah, totally worried about that stuff in the beginning. I mean, you all have your own stories, right? That get baked into your head. Some bad shit will happen if I buck the norm. If I try to do something different from everyone else, the tribe is going to cast me out. But what I found was, A, usually nothing bad happened. And B, people respected me for valuing my own time and they wanted some of that themselves, right? Again, these are all things people think. They don't like being bombarded with meetings or having no time for themselves or being unhealthy or leaving their family to be at the end of the day. No no one likes that stuff, but very few people will actually voice that opinion. Thank God for Gen Z. Gen Z is doing that stuff now, but back then, then, not the case. Yeah, You shut up and you, you took it. Yep. They are totally all over. So what do you, all right. So if you reclaim time, this is an important thing. What Matt's talking about is what I also experienced, which was there was just too much fluff in the, to be honest, there's too much fluff in a fucking day in corporate. Mm-hmm. I would much rather work from home because I tended to be much more efficient. I had my moments, don't get me wrong, but I tended to be much more efficient because I had passion projects in the background, right? So you've now recaptured your time. What do you do with it? Mm-hmm. 
What did I do with it? Well, for a couple of years, it was just becoming a healthier person and actually immersing myself in other ideas. So I read a lot. Like I said, I invested in masterminds. I would take several days at a time off from work to go fly somewhere, whether it's like Toronto or California or Austin, and just be around different people that shocked my brain. Be like, oh my God, an entirely different life is possible. And I didn't have any clarity at that point, Mo, of like what to do with it. But I knew my brain only can conceive what it's seen before and all it knew was corporate. Yep. So unless I put myself in situations where people are doing things far different from that, my brain will never see it as a possibility. So I had to spend the money, time and energy, put skin in the game to actually see what was possible. And then my brain started saying, Oh, you want some of that. You want to be a coach someday. You want to be an entrepreneur. You want time freedom. You don't want to have this feeling of being chained to the job. You don't want that anymore. You want these yeah. other things. And yeah. it was a slow burn of seeing what else is possible and then therefore wanting those things. You started seeing it. I don't know. Well, I have a sense of why in my own example, I started to see those things a bit early probably in my mid to late twenties, mainly because I found real estate early and I found traveling when I was 15. So I was reaching for something, but the more I saw something different, the felt, the more I felt isolated, the more I would leave DC on a Wednesday after work and get on a plane and fly to Finland for three days and come right back. The more I would feel like I'm the weird oddball guy who's doing funny things, not, focusing on making partner. I think it manifests itself very different in, in different people. Why was there an attraction to like the entrepreneurial space, mastermind space? How, like, how do you even find it? Like most people in corporate are so tied up in the corporate mindset that they don't even think outside the four walls of the halls that they walk down every day to sit at the water cooler. Like, where do you even know to look, it's time for me to expand my mind and be around other things. Yeah. I think it starts with one book, one blog, one podcast, one video, and then you commit to that. So you find a person that resonates with you, say they've written a book and then you go see, well, what do they have behind this book? Oh, they're running a business. Oh, they talk about what their life is like. And then you see the people they start interacting with or the books they've read. And then it starts to spider yeah. and have a life of its own. But it takes one spark, one spark of a conversation, another human being, which says some something else is possible. And then you go do the work. You talk about this all the time, Mo, self-education. And it can look a lot of different ways from learning how to do real estate really well to designing a life with intention that excites you and makes you feel alive by seeing others that have done it. Find one person, that person will lead you to another, another, another. They'll say, oh, I'm a part of this group. You want to join this group? Cool. It's 5K to jump in. You want to come in? Well, it feels like it could change my life. Let's do it, right? But, Scary but amount of money, but I did it. That's it. I, please touch on that because we will pay, you know this, man, like I'm preaching to the choir here or whatever, but we'll, you know, we'll pay the hundred grand to go to college to get the, ain't nothing wrong with psychology, but to go get the psychology degree. You, my assumption is you paid a fair amount of money to hit these masterminds and stuff like that. Whatever fair meant to you in the moment, people are so scared to do that. How do you get over the shit? I'm about to drop five grand, 10 grand, 50 grand to go sit with these people and talk. Yeah. 
Well, it started with other people's money. Like I was very creative at spinning a way to use tuition money for masterminds with my corporation. Oh, that was a starting point. Oh, my man. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I remember there was one program I was in called Strategic Coach. It's an amazing program with one of the best entrepreneurs in the world, Dan Sullivan. And going to that program was all about how do you become like a world-class entrepreneur, kind of starting on your own, getting to a self-managing company, creating life freedom for yourself. And I was like, I want to go there. It's 10K. Okay. How do I fund this? Well, what are the values of an entrepreneur? What's what what are the benefits of being an entrepreneur? Well, they are very in control of themselves. They understand goals, they're right to the point, they understand clear paths to outcomes. Yeah. Well, what value does that have to my corporate life? A lot. Like those skill sets apply greatly. And I yeah. brought a lot of entrepreneurial value back to my employer. They didn't understand what I was doing, why I was doing it. I had ambitions at some point in the future, Mo, of being a full-time entrepreneur. But in the meantime, while I was figuring it out, I could take those skills and apply them directly in corporate life. And right. I had amazing leadership, as I know you did. People that supported it, understood you. And, and sometimes you just have to spin it so that everyone wins. Spin marketing to the point where you like I win you win, we all win. And you know what? They know if they want to keep you, they need to make investments like that anyways. If you're a high achiever within a corporate organization, they want to keep you happy. So if you want some sort of program, some sort of investment, just spin it in a way that everyone wins. And it truthfully did happen that way. This is one of those, this is one of them topics, man. We talk about it in our own different ways, but we both, we're both saying the same thing of leverage corporate the same, if not more than it leverages you. I, it doesn't sound like you, no, I'll just ask you point blank. Like, did you hate it when you were there? Did you hate be, being in the corporate environment when you were no, there? No, didn't hate it. I eventually knew that I, it was time to graduate. My yeah. last couple of years, I was like, it is yeah. time to move on. And not because, oh, it's so painful, terrible. I mean, I was doing my own thing. Like I was controlling my time. Everyone was working crazy hours. I wasn't like I was in, I was good. Mo. Like I was in yeah. control, but I knew that I was no longer growing in that environment. So corporate was good to me. And to your point, I had to leverage it, squeeze all the juice out of that lemon while I still could yeah. find places to squeeze lemons, right? And actually just be there, maximize it. I always say like, get the most return for the least effort. Like yeah. that is just a simple life principle you can apply anywhere. It's not about quiet quitting or being some sort of lazy half-assed worker. It's about like just being super efficient. You value your own time and also leverage what it can give you. That's what's up. And I, I wanted to highlight that because here are two very experienced professionals from different walks of life, uh, Matt has hair. I do not have hair. So we are diverse. It's not even about color. It's about hair. We are diverse. <laughs> but both of us are saying in our own ways that we, I didn't hate the corporate environment at all. I didn't hate it, but I was just very aware to use it while I was there to build up skill sets and experiences. And in my case, more so than even skill sets and experiences, relationships. So when I was at the large consulting firm I was at, I purposely took or crafted a virtual role that lasted for eight years by which I was supporting teams that were in other countries for my company. But I was supporting them virtually, but I could get on a plane to go see them. 
So I was doing things like briefing the head of the Portuguese FBI and going to conferences in Hong Kong and spending time with the Nigerian police force. And I was in Madrid with Guardia Seville, which is one of their national police services and stuff. I was using corporate to get those experiences and relationships. And here, it, it, that's how you leverage it. And here's my man, Matt, saying the exact same thing. He used it, but they benefited from it, which is even better because it's not like we're, we're trying to like get over on someone, but you talked about leveraging it for things like masterminds, going to courses. I know Dan, so I know of Dan Sullivan, which is great. Um, so that's a, that's a premise that I just wanted to call out because we both say it in different ways. you have to leverage the nine to five more than it leverages you. And that's not a negative thing. That can be a, a dual positive thing for your employer and for you. But I'll get to the brass tax stuff, Matt, because we can say all this stuff and then we can suggest to people to clear their schedule or even to leave. But the reality of making money comes into play where people got to have money to live. So when you, what, what was the transition out? What was the fear, if any, around making money? My journey was making money through real estate. And I grew that over the 20 years, 20, 25 years that I was there. How do you make the transition and how do you deal with the money aspect of it? So in retrospect, I wish I had made decisions like you had in my 20s, getting into something like real estate, going down that path. Right. I did not have that. I learned of that much later more like in my early thirties. And I got into those things. I got to the point of like multifamily investing and trying to diversify assets and all that. But I had a very more, a real challenge of very healthy salary IV plugged into my arm benefits. Oh, yeah, yeah, bonus. Okay. Like you're like, Oh, this is good. Wife's yeah. looking at me. She's like, uh, honey, you leaving that you're crazy. Right. I'm like, mm -mm, this is necessary. We've got to go. I've run out of time. It's been 15 years. I've kind of done everything I can. I've seen all these other things. I need to go towards this other path and create yeah. my own at what, this what year point, is right? It, by the way, what year is it so, when you're- So that, when when I make that decision that I need to leave is 2019, right? Before COVID okay. hit, okay? okay? So I'm like, I understand what life could look like. I've maximized, kind of like optimized my corporate situation. And then COVID hits, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're at home. And you're like, a couple things. One, I got a lot of time to work on this new path. Cause I'm not traveling every single week. Like I was before. Right. Right. I'm also there with my wife and then I got remarried and then we had a four, our, I had my fourth kid. So I've got all of this family time and I I'm feeling it. And you get that emotional tug. You're like, Oh my God, this is what I've been missing all these years is being around them, oh, missing the little it. moments. Yep. Oh my God, man. Like, I can't go back now. I cannot go back now. Now that I've seen and felt what it's like to be a present dad and father to people I love more than anything in this world, I can't go back now. And now that I've seen this other life as being possible, I know what I can do. Like there's actually a path to do something about it. So COVID became an experimental time period for me to figure out what does entrepreneurship look like? How do I make money on my own active income on my own? And that as soon as 2020 hit, I started a coaching business immediately. Wow. And I was floundering a few different ways on who I was meant to help. And eventually I landed on Matt, you're just meant to help your past self. You know yep. that person yep. so well. You know well, that guy. Right? Yeah. yeah, I know right. how he thinks, feels, operates, the stuff he wants out of life, the things he misses. And there's many of 
the past me's out there. As long as I learn how to connect with them through different channels and speak their language, their lyrics, yeah. their emotions, and talk to them about the hell they're in and the heaven they want. And I can be their bridge, hell to heaven. That's awesome. Right? Holy so that's where, where it got to in COVID times. But do me a favor. And to the extent you are comfortable, like what's the sauce, brother? Because my sauce was real estate. And then I could sit here on this pro on this conversation and like go into the nuts and bolts of it. And that's what people got to do to like make it happen. But you talked about, okay, I want a coaching business, but then at some point you had to put rubber to the road. You went on LinkedIn and now you're on Facebook and you employ tools and like, what did you do? Because there are CPAs and account, there are accountants out there and lawyers out there, for example, who have mass knowledge in their head and they can break out of their firms and they can start an online business or a coaching business for other professionals like them. How do they do that? Like, how did you become successful in it? And what are the nuts and bolts of it? Maybe just at a high level, but give people the reality of what it's like to create something like that. Mm. Lots of failures, lots of getting yourself back up. Yep. And shortcut to where I am right now, what I've learned, Mo, is yep. that you've got to provide amazing, specific, tangible outcomes in people's life. Yep. And as I'm helping my past self, that person needed three things. That person needed to end the corporate burnout situation that was destroying them mentally mm -hmm. and physically. And burnout is more than hours. It's a disconnection between your values and what you're doing need to give those people space, time, and energy back in their lives. That's very tangible moves you can make mm -hmm. to change how you show up at work so that you get more space again. Mm -hmm. And you can do lots of things there with time with family, being there for yourself. Uh -huh. And then thirdly is teaching people what it looks like to be an entrepreneur. I deeply believe and if the layoffs of early 2023, Mo, are showing us anything, that you've got to find the muscles, build those muscles to be able to earn some sort of living on your own so yeah. that you're not fully dependent on others. And I just think going forward, not only is the opportunity amazing, but I think it's a resilience thing. It's like, how do you make sure that you're diversifying your family's future so you don't put yourself in a terrible situation? So I teach how to deal with burnout, time, freedom, and build an entrepreneurial pathway without quitting your job. I'm not like, let's get out of the nine yeah. to five, screw the nine to five. Like there's plenty of people out there saying that shit. I'm like, no, like there's, if you can leverage the nine to five, like you're saying, and yeah. then do these other things and burnout, create time for yourself and become entrepreneurial, life can take off. It, it can. And I'm going to double down on what you said. I am very much an entrepreneur, solo, solopreneur. In certain cases, I'm doing coaching now as well, but the entrepreneurial sense is in the real estate stuff and kind of the restaurant stuff that I was doing for 20 years. The fact that I had the W-2, that I had corporate and military and police life under me while I was doing all these things, it actually did two things. One, of course, I had those steady Eddie paychecks that were coming in and I could use that money to invest. But the other thing that it gave me during that whole process was credibility. Because I was a corporate guy, because I was a military dude, because I was a police cat, I had the ability to resonate with white collar, blue collar, no collar. Mm. So when I was doing the entrepreneurial stuff, when I would run into people, inevitably I had a way to connect. 
I could talk to something that resonated with them, including traveling overseas or whatever like that, if travel was their thing. And I love the way you're talking about one ending corporate burnout, because I think that's like probably the number one issue of most of the folks who listen to this podcast to space in life. I talk about it as time freedom and you, I prefer to talk about it the way you talk about it, which is space to go do the things that you want to do in life, whether that's connect with your babies, travel, be a better husband be a better wife, be an awesome entrepreneur, but we need that time. There's only 24 of it in a day. So we need that space and then giving people a pathway to get to entrepreneurialism, but you can be an entrepreneur while you're still at work. And the key Maybe people connected to what you said or, or not, but I did immediately. So I'm going to put it out there for them. The key is creating that entrepreneurial path such that when career highway comes to an end, mine came to an end at 46, I chose to take exit 46 and the path was already laid out. It was available. And I feel like that's what you're talking about. And I'm wondering if that is the major approach that you are using with your client base is like, you have a path, you're on it, but let's build one while you're still there so you can get off when the time is right. hundred percent. I'd say the general demographic of people I'm serving in my coaching program yeah. is, you know, they've been there 10, 15 years in a career path. They've been crushing it by every means. They are a raving success. You look at their LinkedIn history, their accolades, their certifications. They're like, man, you're, you're crushing it, right? Good numbers behind the thing. The bank's padded. The wife, shit, and kids or whomever your partner is are living in a good home. You've got a lot of good things going on in your life right now. And at that point, they're asking themselves like, oh, oh, shit. Is this all there is? They come to me. They're like, they had this moment, whether they're just done or they feel burned down. They're like, I don't know any other path, Matt. Can you show me what this is like? I don't know where to go from here. And you have to unravel that burnout for them. Show them how to face the fear of reclaiming space back in their day, giving them room to breathe, to dream, to do intentional life design like you and I both do with people. Set ambitious, badass aims for the life you want to live different features of life. Like, is that the life that where we're aiming? Cool. All right. Part of that is becoming entrepreneurial because that means you could do this more on your own terms. So it's really about how do you leverage the job? We're not leaving it, but how do you deal with these pains and start moving towards a state which excites you instead? Brother, <clears throat> listening to you, I'm getting, uh, I got chills doing it. I'm being for real, for real. I got chills because I, I know that life. I know that feeling. I know the I know the sunrise that comes up in people's minds and what it feels like to them when they can all of a sudden see. I also know, and I just want you to touch on it one more time because it's important because we're talking we you know we we got into mechanics a little bit, but when you started to transition out of corporate, maybe you were gone gone, you said that feelings started to resurface, like you were spending time with your kids more. I I th- I think adults, not only do we forget how to dream, our shit is so muted with how complicated life becomes that we forget that we can have real emotions with our family. Not the, oh, I'm so proud of my kid. He got an A type shit. I'm talking about real emotion with your family when you do have that space. And it sounds like you had that. I was hoping you could touch on that one more time and express what you have seen in the people that you've helped, how their emotional state has changed for the better, or maybe even for the worse. Mm. 
let me answer it first for myself, what I experienced and then how others have changed during COVID when I decided I need to go leave. Yeah. My daughter went through a very, very severe eating disorder. And that was one of the scariest experiences I've ever gone through in my life. Just like touch and go like this is, I never knew how dark it could be. And it took a year to bring her back to a state of health. And that is talk about connection and bond. Like what shit matters in life when you're dealing with something on the verge of you could lose someone. It's that bad. And on the flip side, positives, when I started, when I wasn't traveling because of COVID and I was home, you know, I don't have my kids with me all the time. And, and, I don't have the relationships I would like to with my older three. So I got to actively do something I always wanted to do, which was coach my son's baseball team. Nice. And in 2022, I coached the spring and the fall seasons, the spring season. I was nervous as could be, man, being that the manager on that team, trying to corral a bunch of 10 year olds, try to get them in line. And we had a one in 13 (laughs) season. My, My son had so much fun. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? I felt alive. I was like, this is, I feel so good out here. Like this is part of my journey, coaching in business, coaching clients, coaching yeah, like diamond. Yeah. This feels good. Yeah. Next season though, we were 13 and one and won the whole championship. We're like, boom, this, this is, this is a high. And it may seem like to someone, if you've never done this, um, your version of that, whether you're doing something in your community for family with friends, and you're just doing something that you know is in your zone of genius. Yeah. And you're like, damned if I get paid for this, if I'm doing this and I feel alive, that's worth everything. Because when you do shit that makes you feel alive, I know, you know, this, Mo, you are so much more capable and better and your capacity increases, increases in every other facet of life. So you have to figure out where your zone of genius is, things that excite you and make you feel alive. And I use those stories, the dark moments, the high moments. I get very personal in my coaching program with clients in one-on-ones and group sessions, even on my podcasts and such. I just lay it all out there because you never know what will connect with another human. And those stories, like you share so much, are the things that draw people in. You get away from the theoretical. If you want to be good at this, do ABC. Like, no, like here's my raw story. It destroyed me. Then I got lifted back up. Here's a lesson. Will you find value? And they're like, oh my God, that just meant everything to me. I see myself in your story. So I'm seeing my clients all the time. If I lay out a story at the beginning of a session, I've got like 10 people and they go like, well, that connected with me, that connected with me. Here's how it really happened in my life. And they get these insights and they get these immediate changes in mindset. And then that leads to different actions in the world. And someone gets so upset about... When I talk about an eating disorder, they're like, oh, my God, I need to go hug my my daughter tonight. And then therefore, the rest of the week, they're more tuned in with family and more careful about how they're showing up at work, the things they're saying yes to, the things they're saying no to. So it's very real changes when you cascade your story out to the world and they have inspiration for what they can do differently. I love it. And that mindset that you help people build, it gets exponentially bigger. There's like this little belief at the beginning or maybe lack of belief at the beginning. But once people start to see that space can increase in their life, time freedom can increase, that there is a pathway to something different, whether it's coaching or real estate or F it, go be a police officer, go do a different nine to five if that's what makes you happy. It's like everything starts getting exponential. And people start generating emotion from that. And that's what I wanted 
people to get a sense from, from you is like, it's not just the mechanics of this stuff, the mechanics of trying life on or being uncaged. There is an emotion to life that we were intended to experience. I want it. I want all of it. And I could tell you went through, I didn't realize that about your daughter. So I'm glad she's better, but Matt, but you know how wonderful that you created the space in your life to be able to spend time with her at the time she most needed you. And one more thing on the, on the kid front, my oldest is 23. So he's up and out. He's gone now. I see him every other week, even though he lives in Atlanta and I'm, I'm DC based. Um, my little one is nine year old, nine years old. And I just told him yesterday, I'm like, dude, I got four years left before you tell me to stop taking you to the bus. That's all I got. And I'll be damned if I have to physically be in a four wall cube somewhere. I, I understand it's necessary for in a lot of cases for people, but that should be the motivation of fighting out of it, finding your pathway to something totally different. And that's what you were doing. You were helping a lot of people. That's why I wanted you to come. I wanted you to tell people kind of your story and why you've gotten so formal about helping other people. And that's how I recognized it because all my shit before was just most thoughts. And then I ran into you originally when you had your first brand, I'm like, no, he's, he's got it organized in a way that I don't, I never really figured out. And now you have a different, a, a bit of a different play on it. So what is, what is the business that you have and how can people find you and who do you concentrate on just so folks can reach out to you if they want to, and where do they find you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I help mid-career professionals that are in corporate and they've reached this state where they're like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm feeling burned out. I want something more out of life. And I do this through a program called Uncaged Life Design. It's a, a transformational program, takes you end to, end to end, really from that state of, I don't know what I'm doing. How am I going to get out of this? What are the pathways? How to get control of my life? So we eradicate burnout, get you that space, that time freedom back in your life. We launch you down your entrepreneurial path in a very compressed time frame because I value people's time more than anything, as yeah. you know, <laughs> we both do, right? Like, why take six months when you could take a couple months? And we really do that. We work it in a community feel and we get people on the other side very empowered with tangible gains, usually taking back 30 to 50% of their time in their day on average. And you can imagine what can you do with that much more time in your day and then direct them towards their zone of genius where they're actively building their entrepreneurial pathway for themselves too. So nice. they're creating an entire business out of it. I co-sign you, brother. I, I I do because I know what you've been through and I know what you're pulling together with it. Um, where, where do they find you though? Give me a heads yep. up on where they find you. Well, find me on social on LinkedIn. That's the easiest place. And then I've got a gift that everyone can go. It's a free masterclass I provide on these very principles and how to bring them to your world. Go yeah. to uncagedworkshop.com. And there's just all my best thinking compressed into a, a short masterclass and how to actively navigate this problem, get out of burnout, time, freedom, entrepreneurship. How do you make a life of your own design? Well, so that'll take away people's excuse of, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's already that's there. a resource right there that you guys out in Try Life On Land can go do today. Matt, um, just as you, as we wrap up, what is one thing you would leave the listenership with to give them motivation, to give them a tool, to give them a push to trying life on their way? Challenge every rule that you ever come across in life. 
every rule other than the rules of physics is open for questioning. I, I always say that status quo was made up by people no smarter than you and me. I, I'm not interested in that shit. I'm interested just like you in making the extraordinary ordinary because we can. That's why I wanted to bring you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, my amazing friend, Matt Doan, who helped me on my own journey to trying life on, to being an uncaged human. I wanted to introduce him to you as someone who I have looked up to, who I found when I was trying to figure out what all this shit was going to land as and was going to mean and how I could get it across to you. This is one of the very instrumental people who gave me kind of a direction on how to get this message to you. So Matt, I really appreciate you swinging by, brother. Dude, the feelings are so mutual, man. I love you, brother. All right, bro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you next time on the Try Life On podcast. For now, get out there, live your way. Peace. Hey, guys, this is Maurice, host of the Try Life On podcast, and thank you for listening to another episode. I hope you are finding it useful in helping you design your own lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. If that's the case, please consider dropping a review for me, whether in Apple, iTunes, or in Spotify. Drop a review, put some stars on it. Give me some feedback on how I can make the podcast better, what information you are looking for. I am doing my best to get information to you on the Try Life on Principles, the five freedoms, how to build lifestyle, travel hacking, all of it. And I want to do it for you. So please do a review for me. And until next time, my name is Maurice Philogene, and this is the Try Life on Podcast. Peace.